0: Well, hey, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Andrew Frost, and I serve on staff here, as Ben mentioned, uh, as our family minister. And I'm so excited to begin a new three-week series on It's Just Phase, but it's a family series. And many of you, if not all of us, have a family experience, <laughs> whether that be good or bad. We are from families of some form or another. And it's an incredible gift that God has given us. And it's modeled after him who is in essence and in persons, God, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, a family. And so there's so many different directions that we can go with a topic like family, but we're going to be focusing on how parenting is able to make an influence and an impact on a child's life. And so it's done through a family journey that begins from birth all the way till graduation. And we're going to be talking about this for the next three weeks. But families, uh, they can be really messy (laughs) at times, too. A great way to define your family might be to um, have a family reunion. (laughs) If you've ever had a family reunion, you're like, oh, you either look really forward to it or you just don't at all. And it's really awkward and strange to be with all the different family members of the tree again um, maybe go on a long road trip, right? <laughs> maybe that helps bring out the full dynamic range of your family unit, and it helps you kind of just say, okay, where are we as a family? Let's stretch this out. Let's go cross-country to California from New England. Let's, let's do that, you know. Let, let's do the, I forget the route that takes you across uh, that, that north stretch all the way to Seattle. But yeah, same thing. So everyone is on an, a family journey, and it tends to be, if not Definitely a foundational, emotional cornerstone for your own personal growth and journey, even with God. And so today, because it's the first day of the series, we're going to be talking about infancy, which is right where all families start anew, right? Having children. Now, we're not going to be talking about how babies are made. That's for a different conversation. But we're going to be talking about what it means to raise them and even what we don't always hear or talk about, the prepare phase. Um, which tends to be during pregnancy, right? And so let me ask you a question for, to anyone that it applies to. Do you remember that moment when you first realized you were expecting? I want you to think back at that moment for the first time that you realized that you were expecting. And the feelings and the emotions that went with that, whether it was amazement and joy, or maybe it was sh- shock, or maybe it was just, I don't know, whatever that was for you, I want you to think back and remember that moment. Now, my wife and I are blessed to be part of a life group here at our church that is just full of new uh, couples with starting new families and having children. And it's just been really cool for the past year or so to just get to know them and to see where they are in their journey and sharing with us at some point or another that they're expecting. And this is what the questions they have and the experiences that they're going through. Um, And it's just been really cool. This last Tuesday, we actually met online um, on Right Now Media. We're going through a parent series called The Arts of Parenting because, hey, it's new for everybody, right? And everyone's sharing how their habits have been changed now that the baby is here and that their entire life routine of making time for each other or maybe setting dates aside or even money and the food they eat, everything changes all of a sudden and they're adapting to it. And it's just really neat to see all of that. In fact, one of our couples is due at any moment, so we're praying for you right now. (laughs) But I also would love to share how God has just blessed my wife and I with some recent news. So today we're officially and publicly announcing that we are expecting, and thanks. (laughs) Yeah. The baby is due in June, so we still have some months ahead of us to get ready, but today actually marks 20 weeks. We're officially halfway Today, which is kind of crazy. It's even more crazy. Um, I was talking to Ben and I'm like, we were planning this series like six months ago. And then late in October, I come home from a Sunday and Lauren shares the news. And I'm like, wow, we're. And feeling and experiencing that, it's not just theoretical, it's personal now. And to be able to start this and to come alongside others going through it is just so incredible. And I want to just praise God for that. Um, but yeah, so we're just living it up. And whether we. Um, <laughs> Believe the news at first or not, there's a baby coming in nine months or less, so get ready. And this is the same reaction that everyone has, right? Now, this is the preparation phase of parenting, I guess, as prepared as you can be, right, until you're finally in it. But I do want to highlight, like, women, your bodies are amazing, right? Like, just incredible that you're able to, uh, like carry a child and a baby, but yet at the same time, Laura and I are like, we're not really doing much of anything. (laughs) Like, God is part of this creative process, and we're able to just kind of witness uh, obvious growth, but also just what God is producing over time is going to be our child, and we're thinking about, I guess, what that future of that child is going to be, and who is this person that God is crafting in the womb, and I'm just like, in all of that, that you're going to be a dad or you're going to be a mom. And that feeling and sense of unknown, um, but sense of responsibility is very, very new. Um, Maybe you remember having these conversations or not, or maybe you didn't necessarily share that same experience that someone else you know had. Maybe this isn't something that you were anticipating. But whatever the story is that you think your child's future has or whatever you have as a family, the truth is, even if you don't know the full story, God does. God knows the full story. So have peace in knowing that, that we can't control everything through parenting. Now, I do want to talk about um, a story in Scripture, and this is where we're going to spend most of our time in today's message, um, is in Luke chapter 1 verses uh, 5 through 7 is where we're going to start. But many of you know the Christmas story of Jesus being born. Well, there's another story that takes place right before that that tends to be skipped over. And I know Christmas is just two months away or less, but we're able to look at this story in a really cool new way, even if it's not associated with Christmas per se. So if you can, open up your Bibles. We'll also have it on the screens in front of you for those of you online as well and here watching. So Luke chapter 1 is where we're going to spend our time in the text, and I'm going to start us off with verse 5. In the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron, Aaron, the brotherly companion of Moses from the Old Testament and Exodus. And so you see how God's desire for connections to lineages are there too. But both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. That's impressive. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive And they were both very old. For those of you who struggle with conception, um, I want you to know that you're not alone. And I think this is something that a lot of people go through and experience more than maybe what we care to hear or share or or know. Whether it is old age, um, physical ailments, uh, incapabilities or infertility, whatever it is, um, this is just something that a lot of people struggle with. And people tend to feel um, a sense of personal shame. They tend to feel mourning and fearing of loss again and leaving them too not having as much hope to try again and to try again. And this is Zachariah and Elizabeth's story of trying to start a family. Um, And It's not any fault of them, right, as we see in the text, but it's just what that is. And actually in 2020, about 10% of women, uh, just in this last year, 6.1 million in the U.S. alone, have difficulty getting pregnant or staying pregnant. It could be more. I mean, that, that's just what they're able to assess and from the cases that they've had, it, it could be, but that's a big statistic. That is a lot of people and a lot of families impacted by that. Um, one of the most difficult conversations I ever had was um, a ministry friend of mine. We were at a men's retreat in Illinois, and he shared just his story of loss, but like they're, they're, his, him and his wife were expecting conjoined twins, and it was a big deal. They got a lot of medical, obviously, attention and help. They had online international support because they were sharing their story and their need and prayers. They were having a huge prayer following from it. And he shared at the men's retreat that they did end up having to lose them during the pregnancy, and they knew it was a slim margin anyway for great success, but they just tried their best. Um, Just hearing his heart and hearing the stories of others and families who have struggled, I mean, it broke all of us in the room, but he reminded us of a fundamental truth, that we're living in a broken world where there is sickness and death, but God has all the children in his arms. They are his And so do you now feel the weight of Zechariah and Elizabeth's prayers? I mean, the guy's a priest. He probably prays all the time. But just feeling the weight of that, now knowing this, that God has a plan for us all, and he certainly has one for Zechariah and Elizabeth, even if we or they can't see the bigger picture and we can't see the full story that he's writing. So let's continue in the text in Luke chapter 1, verses 11 now through 17. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. So he was either, I don't know, at church, at work, or he was praying, and the angel appeared. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. This is John the Baptist. And so he will be a joy and delight to you. Many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be in great sight of the Lord, and he is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah, the same Elijah who is a great defender and prophet of God in the Old Testament, the book of Kings what a comparison that he gave him. The angel is giving for his son here to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. What a bold uh, dedication there for John from an angel even before he's born. This is huge news, huge news. And Zechariah asked the angel, uh, how can this be true? I'm an old man and my wife is along many years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now (laughs) you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Continuing down to verse 23, it reads, when his time of service was completed, he returned home. And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. Long quarantine. But the Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Just one month later, and this is a paraphrasing here, that Gabriel then visits Mary and he foretells the news of her virgin birth you know Jesus to her, but he even makes mention of her relative Elizabeth to Mary, and she knows that she's been struggling with infertility. She knows that she's um, not having children, but then he says that she's now six months pregnant. Whoa, Mary believed and accepted God's plan for her, and at this moment, Mary gathered her things and raced to see Elizabeth. This is where it picks up at verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried down to the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. Crazy cool. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. I love the parallels here um, of just how John and Jesus and Mary and Elizabeth, like, into the ministry of when Jesus begins and, and walks up to John and he declares him as the Messiah. And you see John ready to be able to baptize Jesus, but he declares him as that same king in this moment and essentially leaps for joy. And the Holy Spirit is declaring this truth. It's still like this is all happening right now, even before it happens 30 years later. It's just really, really cool. But I encourage you to keep reading. And it shares Mary singing a song of praise to God during her pregnancy and Zechariah praising God also after John's birth. Eventually, you'll end up in Luke chapter 2 that covers the Christmas story. But I wanted to highlight this moment because there's a lesson of trust here. (laughs) Zechariah, Elizabeth kind of threw him under under the bus there a little bit. Like, blessed are you, Mary, who believed. Because my son didn't, or my uh, husband didn't. And uh, he's been mute for I don't know how many months now. But this is just an amazing lesson of trust here. And as you've been trying to start a family or suffering through loss and uncertainty, trust in the Lord's plan for your life by surrendering your own. It could be through fostering. It could be through adopting. It could be by supporting other families in other ways. It could be a story life that God's having for you, even if it doesn't involve having your own children. It's quite possible. But lean on His plan for your life. And we celebrate Christmas every year because we know this was God's provision of His promises, that Jesus the Messiah has come. He was able to use Mary and Elizabeth and others as parents to invest in their children. This is the huge point to take forward. So what I find so incredible about this pregnancy process is that we're just forced to wait, um, which can be good or bad, but we're having to surrender so much of what we control for the outcome of the pregnancy. It's like, okay, there is a timeline. What more do we have to do? Another doctor's like, we'll see in February. So like next week, no, this week, wow. This Friday, we're actually having the, the uh, gender appointments. We're going to learn more at that point. But we haven't had one since, I want to say, November. So it's been a while. But I thought you'd be, you know, going in all the time and having this process all like, no, it's, your body's going to do what it's designed to do. God has given us a great gift through this. But it's a magical thing. But God takes full control of the creative process. And we just sit back and take care of ourselves um, and let go of that outcome there. But once the baby is born, that's where God, I feel like, just passes the baton and says, okay, your turn, good luck. (laughs) Like, now you've had nine months to prepare, so you're ready, right? Well, all right, here you go. And we still have to lean and trust in Him, even if we don't know every step of the way. It's involving God in the family process, even from conception, through pregnancy, and up to birth. And so I personally can't wait for the experience of the birth of my own child. I hear it's supernatural. I hear it's very magical um, and other things. <laughs> and so I'm just like anticipating that and I'm excited for it. But it's also like, whoa, I don't know what to fully expect. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, there's, there's a verse uh, that I'd like to highlight from John chapter 16, verse 21. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. And all that preparation and waiting has gotten you to this day. The parenting journey has officially begun. So I'd love to share just a short video interview of a family that has just started and entered into the family journey. Take a watch.
1: We're the Living class. I'm Sarah.
0: I'm Trevor, and this is Gabriel. Yeah,
1: this is on Gabriel. um Gabriel. So I feel like one word to kind of describe our journey as parents so far has been surrender. Um, the Lord has really taught us having a baby in the middle of a worldwide pandemic that we really need to surrender control and to just trust that God has control of our life, of our health, of our son, of our family. Um, and I think specifically thinking about how God has given us the um, ability to be ambassadors to this child like we are we don't own him and we don't control him but god has given us stewardship to be his parents which has been a huge blessing
0: i think losing control and surrendering in big ways and in small ways i think we've been able to do it in big ways and just knowing that his life our lives are all the lord's and I think um, learning the day-to-day losing control too, just mm-hmm. the small things that he does um, that kind of throw our day off completely, mm-hmm. um, in fun ways and in and not as many fun ways. And I think um, for both of us, um, it's just been a journey to lose how, uh, learn how to lose control, to mm-hmm. so just how to surrender, surrender every moment, um, and just always being prepared for what's to come, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, and I think kind of like overall, he's just been so joyful. He's brought so much joy to our lives as we've learned to, you know, be his parents and see his personality develop and grow. And, you know, allowing the Lord to take those messy, gross, hard times of first time parenting and just turn them into joy has been such a sweet blessing for us. And it's been fun to see the Lord, you know, work in our lives and the lives of our family and of our friends to just experience joy with this little baby.
0: Give it up for the Lippincott family. <clears throat> now, how many of you were staring at Gabriel the whole time? <laughs> he is a great distraction. I love Gabriel and their family. So yeah, I mean, I just love seeing them and you all in your parenting in action. I love being able to see it all, whether it's in person, social media, or just out in the community. Um, I see the tears. <laughs> I see the trials and the disciplines, and. And, and all the things that are involved in that, and I and I see that, and I've been like, huh, one day I'll be able to participate in that, but it's it's being able to see that even though it's your family, and there tends to be just, it's, it's you guys, and it's blah, 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 like, people do see the impact, and the impression, and the influence you do have, even on your children, even in the outcome of your kids, um, and, and the way they express themselves, um, and so it's just noticed, but I love seeing it, but at this phase, it's It was evident even on Right Now Media this past week with our group, like the sleep deprivation or um, just those questions that they all have and the things. But at this phase, it's hard to find time for anything, right, in infancy. And so you're having to revolve your entire schedule around your baby's well-being and meeting those needs of nurturing and caring and the things that they are always asking for. So it's really each day taking a step into the faith journey of parenting that your growth is expressed and witnessed. And what I enjoy seeing most is just this preview of how needed and dependent you all are as parents. And your baby looks to you for comfort, for food, and for a future. We ask God for the same, don't we? Or maybe we do? But that's really kind of the idea here, is that embracing your child's beginning establishing, is establishing trust and establishes that trust. And so here's how your baby probably communicates dependency is three ways. One, am I safe? In the first year of life, a baby needs to know that they're safe. And when adults consistently respond to those needs, trust is just established immediately. And when a one to two year old toddler, and the second one, which is I am able, a one to two year old toddler discovers new abilities, you as parents allow them to try new things, which can be very scary. (laughs) Like, oh no, they're learning how to crawl. They're learning how to unlock things, They're learning how to get into that. And it can be scary, but Again, it's still trust and you got to cultivate that confidence as well um, while cheering them on, but also you know setting parameters to a point, but just loving those moments of them, but they still look to you and ask, am I able? And the last one is, am I okay? By three or four years old, they learn a few new rules and expectations. When adults set boundaries and discipline with love, preschoolers cultivate self-control. Sometimes with no, <laughs> like you ever try to say no, and they say no, and they learn what no means, it can be a headache. But these are questions that honestly, from our own relationship with God and trust with Him, do we asking these questions for Him. We are His children. And in the same way He's bestowing to us as being parents, like, hey, now you get to experience what I experience with you all the time. And so the primary motivation, though, here is safety. And as parents, you're given by design this instinctive desire to care, nurture, and provide for your children. And this all comes from God, who too wants us to prosper, to have a hope, and to have a future with Him. You can find that in Jeremiah 29 11. But as you embrace trust with your child, so too does God with us. He wants you to trust Him with your life, your circumstances, and your parenting. And by becoming parents, God is entrusting all of those things to you as well as what he gave to Mary and Joseph, Zechariah and Elizabeth, and they exemplified this. And so we're a church that's all about inviting people to journey with Jesus, right? And our goal in family ministry is to empower parents to be in the driver's seat of their child's faith journey. And so empowering parents to raise kids who journey with Jesus is why we're we're here and why our family ministry exists for you. But here's the thing like our goal even though it's to empower you and give you and put you in that driver's seat it, it can't just fall on us because as parents you only have get this 936 weeks between a child's birth and senior graduation that may sound like a lot of weeks maybe you're already like partway through all that and you're thinking oh no like that's how many weeks I have left before they're out of here eh, kind of depends on your family I guess but 936 weeks is the traditional from birth to entering adulthood and becoming eventually maybe even empty nesters. And so the clock is ticking. And so we don't want you to miss any critical phases of them growing up. And the church only has so many Sundays. And even on that Sunday, we might have them for an hour or two or maybe during a week. Depends on their age. But that does not in any way compare with the investment and the time that you have as parents at home in each day and every week. And so the church can't do all the faith building. It is lived out at home with the family. And we want to help serve you to be better influencers, the influencer of the influencers to your families and the circle and network of people around your children. And so we just want to help you and help your kids on their journey with Jesus. But it always has to be rooted at home. And so I do want to define what a phase is. You hear that the series is called It's Just a Phase. But a phase is simply defined as a time frame in a kid's life or in a child's life when you can leverage distinctive opportunities to influence their future. So when your child is undergoing a certain phase that's tough or difficult to navigate, just say these words, this is just a phase and I don't want to miss it. Don't miss out on that last second half of that. It's like, oh, it's just a phase. I'm going to have them go through it. I'm going to be doing my own thing. They'll work through it. They'll figure it out. No, like be invested, be involved, be the first one to to, to bring up things, to be able to talk about things more with them. They trust you, I would say, more than maybe even anyone else, whether you know it or not. And so the last thing I want to share also is the family milestone pathway, and so through Family Milestones, this is a really great mile marker um, that we're wanting to present and set up for all of family ministry. And so right now you see that we're on infancy, and this is kind of a short summary of that journey, right? And so the second week will be on childhood, and the third week last week will would be on those teenage years. But through all of that, there are so many different things and milestones that happen in a child's life that you are part of. And the church can come alongside you in some of those. And so I'll be explaining just here in a little bit just what some of those milestones are. But the heart of this, the heart of this initiative for our family ministry is one primary concern, that too many kids grow up and miss experiencing God's unconditional love and forgiveness. Sharing the gospel with the next generation begins at home and has passed through your children to their children and on and on it goes. And this can start at infancy by embracing your child into their toddler years as they learn and yearn to know that they're safe and loved by their parents who model themselves after God. And so every phase is crucial and has its own significant relationships, present realities, and distinctive opportunities But who would these significant relationships be for your family? Think about the people that are surrounding your family, whether it's you as parents that have friends and they have kids, or maybe it's influencers around with school or sports, um, coaches or people even at church that have been the investing circle around your child's life. And so these are the kind of things that God has entrusted us. And he gave to Mary and Joseph, and he gave to Elizabeth and Zechariah. Can you imagine the baby dates they had? <laughs> would have been entertaining. But also knowing that God gave them this responsibility and says, I'm going to help surround you with people as well that, that you're with to be able to help influence your child's future. And so our family ministry has started to provide provide these milestones that serve as mile markers for your child's development. And our first one coming up, Um, that we actually did this last fall, but we're going to do again in March, is our baby dedication. And so you can sign up. If you have children um, that are real young and you want to be able to dedicate them, we have our next gathering on Sunday, March 7th, after services here. And so you can register on our website, and this would be a great opportunity for those of you in the infancy phase to be able to dedicate your children. And some of those photos that I have actually from October as well, you'll be able to kind of see here, this is the Garcia, family, and then we also had the uh, Walker family. And so that was just such a wonderful thing to be able to experience with them this last fall, and we're going to do it again over and over as the years go on. And so this is all about giving family members the opportunity to bless, praise, and dedicate their child to the Lord as they step into the parenting journey. And so we have so many helpful resources as well that will help build family confidence for you in, in parenting. You can download the Parent Q app. It's a great app that provides great cues and resources for right where your child is in age and phase, and it's an incredible resource. You can find it on the App Store and create your account as well, and I think you can even attach it to our church. Also, Phase books are a great resource, and you can find these on justaphase.com, but these books are phase guides for where you can be parenting your children for where they are in every grade, age, and stage that they're in, and if you have any questions with that. Find a series on Right Now Media. go, Go along something or maybe a great book with another family or another couple friends and just go through this together, even as a church community, and so lean on our other families, get to know each other. I know the season's been very challenging with some of our, um, you know, being online, not being able to maybe meet in person as normally as we normally would, but still make the connections with families if you're able to. Because as we lean in on each other and the Lord, we'll be able to get discernment from Him on the, really, the difficult seasons and unknown futures that we face. And we can ride those out together in community. So here's my challenge um, that I want to be able to give to all of us here, is that the power of families who step into the faith journey is just world-changing. And so I want to ask you, will you take this moment to offer your family to God for Him to use and to transform, like Mary and Joseph, like Zechariah and Elizabeth? Will you, and really just congregationally, almost like an altar call, just decide in your heart and in your soul and pray to God, like, yes, I want to give my family to you, Lord. Lord to your plan, and I trust you with it. Now, will you consider also taking a next step to be baptized? I know many of you, whether it be parents or kids, have talked to me and and to some of our team members, and they're ready to be baptized. We baptized, uh, I want to say, half a dozen kids with their parents baptizing them last year. It was just amazing to be able to see what God has been doing through that. And we want to continue to provide that anytime that you need it. You can also sign up for a baby dedication or any future milestone event moments that we'll have down the road. Bring your kid to kids worship and go to a camp or a weekend retreat if you're able to. Join our student life groups. We want to help provide ways for your family to step into the journey with Jesus. And so like Zechariah and Elizabeth, Mary and Joseph, your children can be used by God to not only change your life, but to change the lives of others around you. And all we have to do is begin taking a step forward to trust god with our life and our parenting so let's pray father god we just want to lift up how you have entrusted us with parenting god i pray for everyone who's um trying to start a family or trying to discern what the plan is for their future in life and with raising children God, I pray for the families who have been going through a lot of challenges um, lately, and I just pray for you to be able to give them peace of mind and for them to lean on you and to find trust in you again. God, we just want to give praise to you and all of what you do through us um, as we step into journey with your son, Jesus. And we do all this in your name that we pray. Amen.